Welcome to 321 Go the Podcast. I'm John Pelkey. And I'm Carissa Galloway, and we're bringing you stories from start to finish to keep the everyday athlete motivated to keep moving towards the next finish. All right, John, you know, we have an awesome show today with multiple time run Disney finisher, Disney influencer. He's done the Dopey Challenge, and he's someone that shows for me how friendships are formed in the run Disney family. Michael does Diz. And to quickly give you a little background on how I got to know him, he had done several run Disney races before I actually sort of found out who he was. I found him on Instagram during the pandemic when he was one of the first people that got to go back into Walt Disney World. Uh, Once everything opened up, I was just like all over that. Uh, I missed the Disney magic. So I remember watching him finding out he did run Disney, falling in love with his husband, Matthew, as we'll talk about. And then now we are friends like you and I in real life. And so that is what we love about the run Disney family. So we're going to talk about that, the friendship. We're also going to talk some really important information about intermittent fasting. And then of course, we're going to open the mailbox. So if you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe, give us a great rating, follow, tell your friends. Thank you so much to those of you who have been doing that. Thanks for joining us, and here we go. Johnny, podcast called 321 Go, but that's, you know, for you, a seasonal thing. So when is the last time you actually said 321 Go? And is that what you said? Uh, it is what I said, 321 Go. I got to say it twice. It was actually 4th of July, which you're right, July and August, not as much on the calendar. September even. In yeah, a little warm. Florida. Yeah. A little warm, but we do a 4th of July run uh, for St. Pete Run Fest, which is a, uh, which is a half marathon that I do um, in uh, November. And uh, this year it was interesting because we had two four mile runs. You run out to the uh, the recently refurbished pier in St. Petersburg. We had a timed four mile run uh, first, and then a second four mile run that was more of a more leisurely pace. You could run a one or both, and we had a lot of people who ran both. It's such a fun event. We also have a pie eating contest, uh, which is just fabulous, uh, and the. The winner this year was in it to win it. Apparently, he'd reached out prior to, because he'd been there last year, wanted to know what kind of pie it was. And it's your basic pie crust pie with Cool Whip. Pie, yeah, yeah pie, pie crust with Cool Whip. Though, we do require you to eat the crust, which is not required at many pie And no hands? Contests. Is this like a... It is a no hands. Just get your face down in there. So there's graham cracker crust all over your face when you're done. It's, it really is very, very funny. And the uh, the guy who was in it to win it, he certainly did. I think he trained for that. He ran the race, too, I believe. I don't know if he trained for that, but he trained for the pie eating contest. So that was my last three, two, one, go. All right. You were also involved in a race on the 4th of July. I was but I did not say go. Uh, our good friend, DJ CJ Christian was the announcer. So it was the track shack watermelon run, uh, 5k, which is such a fun, this holiday of races, as you, you know, said with state, the St. Pete race, they're so fun because you get to maybe get people that wouldn't normally run to come out. It's not, you know, a Saturday in the middle of January where it's nice and cold. It's a fun day. People are off. So my neighbor came over to me and, and she knows that I run and I'm always trying to get everybody that I can to come out to a race. And so she texted me and was like, do you think that maybe you might want to do a 5k on the 4th of July? 
Like, hello. Like, of course. Yes. Um, so we looked at a couple different ones around here, but I was like, you know what? I know the track shack team. That's, you know, John Hughes, Betsy Hughes, Alicia that puts on all of our run Disney events. Like they do a great job. It's a big race. It's a 3000 plus people race. So I got in when it was 85% full and then it did uh, end up selling out, but we pushed her daughter and my son Weston pushed Elliot in the stroller. And then her and I did a little gentle, easy run walk, but we did have to start at the very end because with strollers. So we had to start at the very end. So we took it very nice and easy. And then after about a mile, it kind of opened up a little bit so we could get in some, uh, we did 60 seconds running 30 seconds walking until she told me this was terrible. Uh, and then we did 30 <laughs> seconds, 30, uh, she finished feeling strong. Christian was there. He yeah. called us in, uh, and that's kind of what holiday races are for, right? You finish. And I think that's with any race. When you think about it, like, oh, I got to get up early. I got to do this. I got to find parking. But when you're done, you just feel so good. Yeah. You know, and for us, we get to see people that we know. And it's kind of like a, a celebration. I mean, that's the whole point of running is to feel good at the end. And you do. Yeah, you do. In fact, it's you know a lot of people. I'm sure you've had people talk to you about how they feel about exercise. It's like getting on the treadmill or getting on the elliptical or lifting the weights. I'm never I never look forward necessarily to doing it. But when I finished it, I feel so accomplished and I'm glad I did. And I think it's the same. You're right about the, the holiday races. I do need to know this, though. The watermelon run. Was there a lot of watermelon? So, yes, there's a lot of watermelon at the end. Uh, it was one of those situations where there's this really long line, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. But then when you're walking around, you're, you're realizing like you don't need to stand in the line. There's plenty of other watermelon stations over here. You're just not going to them. So hopefully no one saw me go around the line and get watermelon and was offended. But it was really, they were saying, come to, come to all right. the stations. There was also a watermelon eating contest. So I, I announced this race for many, many years. Uh, you have to eat it, you know, no hands all the way down to the white. Okay. So wow. That's their, nice. That's their rules and regulations. There used to be this foam watermelon hat that I had to wear every year. That was like a maybe two feet long. It has thankfully since been retired because you know it's very warm. Yeah. In Central Florida, so wearing the <laughs> same foam watermelon hat for a decade. Uh, glad. I guess Christian was like, no. Right. Hard pass. No, no. Uh, on the watermelon hat. But the fun part about this race, so it was in Winter Park. Uh, Florida, which, you know, very lovely downtown area mm -hmm. and a very strong community area. So as this race was finishing, we were at the latter end of the finishers, the kids at the kid races. Uh, they were having this little festival that was starting. So there was the bouncy slides. There were these carnival games for the kids. And Elliot had just turned three. Uh, my neighbor's daughter's three as well. There was this little pig race. Um, these are toy pigs. You know, the kind of animals that you turn on and they like go bip, 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 and they take like three steps. Sure. Okay. So they had that set up like a horse race. They had a gate. And they had like six different pigs and they all had numbers on them. So the little kids got to pick a number. I thought my child was oblivious to this. I didn't know he was paying a lot of attention, but they <laughs> open the gate and the pigs start going. You have no control over how good your pig is. You don't know. It takes maybe like a minute for the race to happen, but Elliot's pig starts to, starts to, is in it. Ooh. Now some of the pigs had no chance, but right. Elliot's pig, number six and number five were right there. And I could kind of tell by the timing of the movement mm -hmm. that Elliot's pig really had a shot. When his pig won, my sweet little child was so excited. His whole face lit up. Number six is the winner. It was just like the cutest moment. Like it meant so much to him. I just picture Elliot you know, wearing a hat, holding the racing form. Just uh, with with a stogie standing up there. Daddy needs new shoes. Come on, six. Daddy got a pixie stick and he won and he was Nothing very wrong excited with that. by it. Uh, we told him that I told 
Weston and Claire, like, you got to remember that. That's one of those stories that we got to tell him, you know, when he gets older, you know, remember that time you got so excited. And then we went to Lake Tahoe and we had another one of those moments that I will tell before we move on to today's guest was that uh, we were at one of those ice cream places where you can put the toppings on and then you pay for like your weight in ice cream. Mm-hmm. So Claire and Ellie get their ice creams, which already have far too much stuff on them. They have no, co- <laughs> you know, they, they, they give you a bowl that's like an enormous bowl. And it's like, that'll be $78 and your kid eats three bites and they're ready to go. So we've weighed our seven pounds of ice cream and we go to leave and we turn around and Elliot has taken a handful of candy corn out of just the bag. You're not supposed to put your hand in it. Just, no, he's like, please just leave, just leave. And so it's just digging the candy corn out of the bin. We didn't pay for it, but she said it was okay. Uh, so I thought that was, was a as, as a fan of candy corn, candy corn's delightful. I'm, I love candy, but corn. but on ice cream, Elliot, was that your choice? You know, for anybody who might think that the universe doesn't have a plan, I will point out that on the 4th of July, you host, uh, you didn't host, you took part in a race that had a healthy watermelon snack at the end of it. And I took part in a race where you shoved a cool whip pie down your gullet. The universe has its That's, it has, has its everything is in order. That's the way it should be. Keep keep eating the watermelon. Keep being excited when your metaphorical pig wins. <laughs> you know, find joy in life. That's our that's our ethos I'm gonna, today. I'm gonna start a eighties cover band now called Metaphorical Pig. I'm gonna do it, people. Do it. Me and Riley Claremont. Do it. That's exciting, people. People are excited by that. Okay, civilians, it's time for the goods. Let's get on to the interview. We are so excited to be joined today by a Disney influencer that has over 142,000 followers on Instagram, who's been doing Run Disney since 2019, including three marathons and two dopey challenges. Welcome our good friend, Michael, from Michael Does Diz on Instagram. Hello, Michael. Hello there. How are you? I'm doing very, very well, though I am envious. My 380 Instagram followers, nowhere near your 142 thousand but then again i think everyone would know i am not an influencer you are don do you i'm sorry wait, do you really only have 300 instagram followers uh i have no idea how many instagram followers i have i will look right now i'm looking you have 1429 so michael well, i was never good at math beating you but so basically but that's I why have... we love him that's why people love him they love the personality the fun and i think they come for the disney magic so michael let's start yeah. from the beginning Okay. You, at one point, you were just Michael, but now you're Michael Does Diz. So how did that happen? So it kind of happened by mistake. Um, it was back in 2018 when I was going to Disney with Matthew, who was my husband, who Carissa loves more than most people on this planet, I think. Oh, including the um, both of us, Michael, including the both of us. 100%. We know that. I, Yes, we do know that. As I was crossing one finish line, she was like, Matthew, I mean, Michael. And I was like, oh, my gosh, wrong, wrong one of us. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> Is that Matthew's always on my mind. So I'm sorry, I'm, you know, I'm well aware. Um, <laughs> anyway, back in 2018, the two of us were going to Disney a couple of times throughout the year. And I was posting pictures of us at Disney on my personal Instagram account. Um, And it was public. And all of a sudden, Matthew was like, who are these 5,000 people that are following you? And I was like, I have no idea. And I was looking through them and I was like, oh, they're all Disney people. So I ran with it. And I ended up just archiving all my old posts because they all had 
like my apartment address as the location <laughs> and all the things that like you shouldn't share out to the world. And um, then I changed my name on Instagram to Michael Does Disney. And I was like, you know what? This will just be a place for me to showcase my pictures of Disney stuff. Um, so that also so that my friends wouldn't get annoyed with me of just sharing Disney stuff because they were like, we get it. You like Disney. <laughs> like we don't care that much. Um, so that was kind of how it happened. And then it grew pretty quickly. I remember it went up to like, it was marathon weekend of 2019 when must've been one of the two of you were like, and look at the 15,000 people behind you. And I remember looking over at whoever was next to me and being like, that's how many people follow me on Instagram. That's so crazy that 15,000 people, that's what it looks like. And they were probably like, okay, who are you? Shut up. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then it's just kind of grown over the last five years. And it's just something fun. I don't know. It's well, it certainly is a lot of fun. I do the same thing. I look at the tiny little corral behind me with about 1,400 people and go, look, all those all those people are following me. Uh, exactly. So that's very exciting. All right. Well, what brought you to the Run Disney portion of it, Michael? What got you out on the course for Run Disney races? So a big piece of it was it was right around the same time where I made a big decision in my life to get sober. And I was trying to figure out different outlets of things I could do. And one of them was running and I got into running and it was a really, really great way for me to kind of, I don't know, let my stuff out and really just have something that felt good. And that was good for me. Um, and I realized that there was this thing out there that combined my new love of running and my love of Disney and that was run Disney. <laughs> so I had never run a race before, never done a 5k in my life or anything like that. And I was like, I'm going to get out there and I'm going to try to run a half marathon. And that was my first race. And then leading up to it, I don't really know why I was like, I'm also going to run a 10k the day before it. So the 10k of Marathon weekend 2019 was my first ever race. And then I ran the half the next day. And it's been quite an addiction ever since. <laughs> it has that effect on people, both of them. Yeah, it sure does. Effect. And then they're like, well, sure, I, I, I should just do two races. So let's go back to those first two races. Yes. How well trained were you for these? Like, did you train for them? I probably trained more for those two races than any of the other 30 plus races that I have done since then, including my marathons and my dopies. I took them very seriously. I like followed the training plans, which your father-in-law put together that I had no idea who he was or you were or anyone was at that point in time. I just went on the Ron Disney website and it said, here's the training plan. So I did what it said to do. Um, and then ever since then, it's just been like winging it. 
Well, actually, you know, that, that's kind of we usually get stories about uh, otherwise people sign up because they're like, oh, my gosh, this is really going to be a lot of fun. And then I always tell them it's it is fun. There's a lot of entertainment, a lot of people in in costumes. It's still 13.1 or 26.2 miles or yeah. 6.2. So uh, you, you're still going to have to go to the distance. So you actually kind of did it uh, backwards there, Michael. You you committed to it ahead of time. Well, that, that leads to another great question, and that is if someone's never done a, a Disney race, whether they're a veteran of other events, because uh, that our events are quite a bit different in the logistic uh, category and a, a lot of different things. Uh, tell those folks out there who've never done it why they should. They should do it because the, uh, for so many reasons, but the family component of it, where like you just um, in a way that uh, since that time, I have done other races that have been non-Disney races and they just don't feel the same. I mean, they are fun and they feel good when you complete them, but you kind of finish the race and head to your car and go home. And that's it. Disney races are different. They are an entire production. I mean, there's so much to them and you leave them feeling so fulfilled. You leave them with this huge, just feeling of community and with so many people and friends that you completed them with. And I don't know, it just like continues on after the race in a way that no other races do. Like when you finish the race, it's not just like, okay, I did this. I'm leaving. I'm going home. Bye. It's like from days after that, you're talking about it and taking pictures and sharing them and talking to the people who you ran with. And it's just the best. It is. We think it's answer. the best. And we, we love the family component. And I think John and Riley and I, we've talked about this. I think it was in 2019. And, and then we had the pause and coming back, like it almost shifted a little bit. Like the family became tighter. It became more important yeah. to people. And that was what I kept saying during the pandemic was like, you know, we didn't, we don't know anything about run Disney. We are the last people to know any information. Like we, you know, we have the best job in the world, but we don't, we're not on the inside. And I kept saying, this has to come back because this changes lives. This is yeah. so important to so many people that need that, that something to look forward, that finish line. And, and for you, people like you, you know, working through things like sobriety, which we're going to talk about a little bit later, like it was really special how, when we came back, it did that family yeah. component was, was even stronger um, than ever. So the next question I was going to ask you is why do you keep coming back to run Disney? But I think that we uh, kind of just <laughs> answered that, but I want to hear about that first race of yours. Uh, what was, did it meet your expectations as a first timer? Was it what you thought it would be or was it different? It exceeded all of my expectations. Um, it was so much fun. <laughs> And, um, and I remember now why I signed up for the 10K in addition to the half. And it was because Matthew wanted to do a race. He didn't feel comfortable doing a half marathon. He wanted to just do the 10K. Um, and I said, you know what? I'll do it with you. Um, and at the time, I was like, this is insane doing two races back to back. Like, who would do that? And now it, for me personally, it feels like, oh my gosh, just a 10K and a half. It's like, oh, like <laughs> there's no 26 miles after that. <laughs> um, but it exceeded all of my expectations. I mean, it was just so much fun out there. We had the best weather for those races that weekend. It was like chilly out. It was sunny. It was perfect. I loved the theming. It was like, I don't, it was just such a good weekend. Um, that I remember leaving 
and figuring out a way to run princess the next month because I was like, I need to come back and I need to do this all again. So, and it was easier back then. It was not as difficult to register for a race at that point in time. Like in 2019, I remember they had a table at the expo where like, if you wanted to register that weekend, you could go up and register. Now it's like, you have to sell a kidney to try and get into the races. And it's part and parcel of what Carissa was talking about. I think when the races went away, people realized how much yeah. they missed them. So now you're right. It's the, you know, it's like when your favorite band is playing in a club and you're like, oh man, they're playing tomorrow night. I can get a ticket for, you know, a hundred bucks. And now your favorite band's doing arena tours and it's $1,200 and you have to get the ticket eight months ahead of time and buy it on yeah. a secondary market. So yeah, it's, it's become a little bit like that. Uh, all right. Well, let me ask you this. Do you have, I know this is going to be a difficult one to, to answer a most memorable moment of all of your uh, all the races you've done at Run Disney? Is there one moment that really stands out to you? I'm sure there are many that stand out, but one you'd like to talk about? Well, apparently I, me calling him Matthew was one that right, obviously. Right, right, <laughs> your names both do start with M though, oh, and no. they're both well, like not shortened were, names. I think you were asking me like, where is Matthew as I was finishing yeah probably hey me. good job on your marathon um where's matthew could you <laughs> let me know no. i'm so proud of you but i need to talk about matthew listen michael it's okay for years the question i got most often from people was where's carissa that was the that was the question so i have been there announcer three where's carissa and i'm like i have a name but yeah so i, I feel you yeah i feel you I mean, you know <laughs> I'm used to that by now with Carissa. I mean, we we've spent enough time together that I know how much she loves Matthew. And We're going to talk about him. We have a Matthew I, section. Don't don't I'm you worry. Not surprised by that. We're doing um, a three okay. part pod with Matthew. Moment. We're doing a three part pod with Matthew. Just three complete back to back episodes. We'll start at birth. We'll bring him up to today, and then we'll have updates on the rest of our pod. So Every stay day. tuned and for all Matthew all Matthew the time. Did today? We should do that. Oh my gosh, people would love. That. Oh, I, I see the. I see. All, I see all the wheels turning. Um, but is Matthew there, Michael? I think the question we have no, right now is Matthew. There? He's at he work. I already here. asked. He is in the office today. Um, he is. I am home alone. Munchie's not even here. I just dropped him off at the dog sitter because we are heading to Orlando tonight. Um, but to go back to your question of the most memorable moment, it was crossing the finish line of my first marathon. It was, there was like in all the races I've done, I had done a lot of half marathons before that, at that point. Um, and they all felt good when I finished, but when I crossed the finish line, I mean, after you run the 13 miles, of the half and then you like realize that you have 13 more to go during a marathon it's kind of this like realization of like oh my god that's a lot of running um and i just remember crossing the finish line of the marathon and breaking into like hysterics as i crossed the finish line and it was just such a good feeling um and it was actually matthew who would not let me do a dopey as my first marathon. I really wanted to. And he was like, no, your marathon needs to be its own separate accomplishment before you do a dopey. 
And I now give that advice to anybody who will listen to me um, because it felt so good knowing that I ran a marathon. It didn't have to be this entire big challenge. A marathon is a really big deal and becoming a marathoner is a big deal. And um, it was really cool. So I've actually never heard that tip. And I think that's brilliant. It is um, great not, not just because um, Matthew said it, but when I did my first marathon, I think what it felt like when I thought through it was like, it was one of the first things I'd done in life that like, I didn't have to do, right. You're supposed to go to, you graduate high school, you go to college, you get a job. Like you feel like there's all these big milestones that are expected of you. And that was something that wasn't expected. I didn't have to do it. And then you yourself, you have support systems, but like you get yourself to that finish line. It's all on you um, in that race. And so I think doing it on its own really does allow you to appreciate the magnitude of what you've done. This doesn't matter your speed or your pace, just we always say the courage to start, but like, that's true. Yeah. And you also, I mean, you feel better when you didn't just run 13 miles the day before and six miles the day before that and three miles the day before that your body just feels better. You wake up refreshed and kind of ready to do that first marathon after that. I mean, it's just like, okay, dopey, here we come. But that first one, that's always my advice to people now. If I love that. Listen I love to that. Me. That's a good, that's a good tip. All right. So we know that you love Disney. You love Disney characters. You get to see a lot of cool characters, not only at run Disney, but in your travels, you seek them out. I've stood in line with you to see characters. <laughs> uh, I think it was a boo. Um, it was a boo. It was a boo. Now I know you have some passionate feelings about characters on run Disney races, some that you feel you've seen too much, but that's not what we're going to talk about. <laughs> I want to One know. in particular. You, that, I mean, I know who it is, but. It's Joy. I Joy brings me lots of sadness. Um. <laughs> but then what is a character that you've never seen at a run Disney race that you would like to? Or okay. maybe one you have seen that you want more. So what, what, yeah, what, what can we do for you, Michael? Oh my gosh. We could be here for the next hour, but um, I would say I would love to see Dumbo out for the Dumbo Double Dare challenge at Disneyland um, because Dumbo is just an incredibly rare character and just be so cool to see him out there. Um, there is then, a Dumbo though. I don't, I don't know this. There There's is. One. I'm, I met Dumbo was at throwback night at Disneyland not too long ago. And oh, yeah. Dumbo was, um, like the most popular character of the night. So they treated Dumbo like an Oogie Boogie Bash trail where you could like walk past Dumbo, but not really stop. And all the cast members were like, don't stop, don't stop for pictures. But no one was listening and everyone was just stopping for pictures. And Dumbo was like jumping behind everyone to like not really let you take a picture. It was kind of a mess, but it was like, I would love to see Dumbo out at the Dumbo double dare because it's always fun to me and this is something i've stressed a lot is i love seeing the like metal character or the title character at the finish line or the start line because i think it's really cool and special to get to take that like picture with your metal with the character so i don't know that's like a big one for me that's, a, the that's a good one 
Yeah. It, it actually leads to the next question, Michael. We'll make you the producer now. You're the producer and the creator. What Run Disney theme would you like to see? You get to theme an entire race. What would you oh, like to see? I know. I know. It just opened up the toy box, Michael. No wrong answers Ooh. here. Okay. Except if you say joy, clearly wrong answer. Yeah, it would not, not an inside out themed marathon. It would not be an inside out themed race. I, I wouldn't sign up. Um, yes, you would. I would. I'd probably still be there. Um, and then probably be dressed as joy. With now you have to dress as joy for a race. You really do. Blue hair and all. Um, oh my gosh. If I could pick any race theme, I would say. It would probably be you, this one's putting me on the spot. I this is difficult. You you can come back. You can think. You can th- throw out some ideas. We can workshop it. You know, tell you know John. Don I mean, knows how to do that. I'm, He's an actor, I'm like right? immediately. I'm leaning immediately towards something goofy themed because goofy is my everything. But like there is the goofy challenge, but it's never themed towards goofy. He's just right. like out there once. So I think it would be fun to run like an entire goofy themed race but at the same time obviously goofy there's only one goofy and he can only be in one place at a time so like and he wouldn't be out on the course like a bunch i don't know i'm gonna think through this at the end of this you could work that up you could have max out there you could have uh, other other characters from the goofy movie set up uh photo stuff for that uh so uh a goofy movie themed race would be very fun Mm-hmm. We got a t- we got a little taste of it during yeah. the '90s uh, weekend, which was super fun. That I was loved, a good one. That was a good one. My only, I don't want to say complaint, but like my only thing with that weekend and the characters was I was so excited to see like Mickey and Minnie and all of them in really cool like '90s themed costumes, and they were all wearing the costumes from Mickey's 90th birthday which were like the confetti themed costumes and someone definitely read something wrong in costuming and saw like Mickey 90 and was like, Oh yeah, we have those Mickey 90 costumes, but they were all just like the costumes from the confetti, not like them in cool, like sweatbands and stuff, which I know. it's a. Yeah. I don't know what, I don't remember the Mickey like wardrobe, how, I don't know how expansive Mickey Minnie's wardrobe was in the nineties. Like, did they have the one? Did they yeah, have an they have, like cool sweatbands and Mickey Minnie has like these hoop earrings and stuff like that. It's like super fun. All right. I appreciate yeah. this is good feedback. Um, we don't I'm again, here. we don't know these answers. We know no. nothing. We know and we see nothing handed. on the course. So little. I have no idea what happened. John even and ran a 5K, still saw nothing on the didn't course. Didn't see anything. No record. Head down, whole time. Didn't see. He said there were no characters, and our director was like, "That." Well, was false. it did rain. It did rain for my five K. So there were. Yeah. A, it, it was. Got, it was a little limited. You got a taste of real run Disney with some rain in there. Well, um, and, and I was just appreciative that it kept the temperature down because I did the springtime races and people are always yeah. worried if, if, if what, what's the most difficult race? And it's like, well, springtime can be, but just because of the temperatures you're dealing with. So I was I happy about that. that, but I did. I literally, my, our director was like, Hey, did you see this? No. Did you see this? Mm, no. What about here? No, I, I took a picture in front of some topiary. That That's what I remember. That's so. always there. Like not always, right. but like that is you could see at any time in the park. I saw yeah. a line and I just wanted to stop running for a minute. So I got a picture in front of some topiary. That's funny. <laughs> the director, the race director came up to me at the wine and dine after party and 
came up and said, so I hear you hate joy and sadness. And I was like, uh, yeah, I do. And so, he took your I'm a little upset he, he gets to go to the after party. How's he get to go to the after party? I don't. There's no announcer three there. I'll be making a call to Mark here in a minute. It is a good after party. Exclusive. Mm. Post race. Yeah. Oh, that's why I don't get to go. It's exclusive. exclusive. Right. That makes You're allowed sense. to be in the videos, John, but not at the actual right. party. I'm not All right. I have to... another, I have, I have more questions for you. Um, okay. This might be a hard one for you too. So we've had some celebrities come to run Disney. Uh, you know, Drew Carey ran run Disney. We had uh, Ethan from Survivor. We had Bachelor people. We've had people from the Today Show. Um, John Pelkey runs, you know, lots of celebrities. What celebrity would you want or want to invite to do a run Disney race? Oh, that's a fun one. Um, initially, I want to say like, I was going to say Lady Gaga just because she's my favorite, like, human and celebrity but i kind of think it would be fun to have neil patrick harris run um a race just because he's such a big disney fan and he's just awesome and like i love how much he and his family love disney so i think that would be cool yeah, he 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 is there a lot. I used to do the Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Spectacular, and you'd see him down there. He's got quite the long stride, and he looks like he's in shape. So he might be might be a challenging guy to run with. Is all I'm saying. He could he yeah. could probably push the pace a little bit. I think he could. Um, so that's my answer. NPH. I support that answer. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's. Uh, you've 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 already given your tips for people uh, running a marathon. Tips for people running their first run Disney race, whether it be a five k or a ten k. Mine would be look around you. There's some really exciting things going on because I did not do that. But uh, what are the tips that y- you would give to somebody as a veteran? I would say that you're going to be anxious the night before. Get as much sleep as you possibly can. <laughs> before that night before because it's going to be hard to sleep before the race um having some of that sleep banked up in the week before is really really helpful i would say that during the race make sure to stop which is a good point of yours um it's really easy to get caught up with a lot of people talking about oh my gosh the balloon ladies and things like that take a moment to enjoy. You are there. It's different than running your local road race where there's no entertainment on the course and things like that. You're there for a reason. And you're at Disney World. Run and enjoy it and have fun with it. And don't take it too seriously is what I would say. Like, take it seriously in the sense that like, don't not train at all, but like, go into it and have fun. Good, good tips. Great tips. Um, so I want to know kind of big picture, how has run Disney impacted your life? Yeah. I mean, in so many ways, I mean, it, first of all, I have so many friends because of run Disney that are now not just like run Disney friends, they're actual friends. Carissa's included in that. Like, I mean, how cool. Um, but I think that's a huge one. I think that on top of that, it is just, it has changed our entire 
landscape of what our travels look like in a year because we base a lot of things now around race weekends. So it's kind of like, okay, where we may have gone away previously for Veterans Day, which is usually like early November. Now it's like, nope, that's wine and dine time. So no travel for this because of this. So I think that we have to look at things a little bit differently to kind of figure out the race calendar. Um, so that's been a huge impact. And then, I mean, those registration days also take up a, a really big chunk of my brain power and my <laughs> stress levels because <laughs> I have to sit and register just like everyone else. Yeah. People even with 142,000 followers, I mean, matter. even you are, you do get invited to some Disney events. You're still registering, um, like a normal everyday I didn't get into Dumbo. Um, and then I ended up getting a charity bib, which was awesome. So I am very thankful for charity bibs because that is how I've gotten myself into many of the races. Yeah, it, it, it's a, a great part of what we do, too. We talk about it all the time. Everybody's out there having fun. Everybody's looking after themselves, but they do raise tons of money for yeah. so many good causes out there. It's one of my favorite things about it. All right. Now, listen, you um, you you mentioned your sobriety uh, a bit ago. I think you've recently uh, celebrated five years of your sobriety. That Congratulations. That is that is awesome. Can you t- just you. talk about that journey a little bit and what led you to that? Yeah, I mean, it, it started because I was drinking too much <laughs> um, as one does and as a reason you become sober. Um, but started probably really started probably about seven years ago after Matthew and I got married. Um, it was kind of this realization that we didn't need to be going out and partying the way that we were as young 20 year olds and kind of just kind of took everything into account and looked at our lives a little bit differently. And I made the decision and said, I need and want to get sober. And Matthew said, I fully support that and I will do it with you. And he has been the biggest cheerleader and has stayed sober with me all these years. Um, And he also has given me a card on the 28th of every month because I chose to get sober June 28th of 2018, I guess. Um, So I now have 60 cards from him all piled up. So it's been a cool journey and it's been an interesting one because at the beginning of it, I didn't, I wasn't very vocal about it. It was more so something between me and Matthew. I knew that I was sober, but when I would go out and be social with friends, I would say, oh, I'm not drinking tonight or, oh yeah, it's a vodka soda, but really it was a club soda with lime. Um, And it was really because of my Instagram And kind of as the years went on and as I gained a bigger following, um, I chose to get comfortable with talking about it. And it was the number one thing that helped me. And now it's like just second nature. Like I don't even think about it anymore. It's like, oh yeah, I don't drink. Um, And I know that that has helped a lot of other people out there, which makes me very happy. And I've also been vocal too about like, certain things at Disney where they don't have non-alcoholic options at times. And I had a zoom with the um, head of food and beverages for Disney parks one time, because 
we chatted through it and I was like, you don't have any mocktail options in Epcot. Everything is pre-mixed at every single booth. And like, you go up to them and ask, can I get that non-alcoholic? And they're like, no, so sorry, you can't. And I said, that's an issue. And that's something that has to change. And they really have worked on it and changed a lot of that, where now you go to some of the festivals and they have all of these different non-alcoholic options. It makes me really happy. So I think it's... I think it's great that you brought that up uh, because, again, uh, they're all pre-mixed. It's, it's just a convenience thing. I'm sure people aren't totally. thinking about it. But I love the fact, and and, and again, just uh, for a moment to let people know, you are comfortable with people uh, talking to you about your sobriety uh, totally. and, uh, and love helping others achieve that if that's what they're shooting for. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think that it makes a lot of people realize, oh, you can be sober and still have fun. That's like the number one thing I get from people. They're like, wow, you have so much fun and you don't drink. And I'm like, yeah, like I can still go out and have a great time and load up on iced coffee and I'm wired, but I'm having a great (laughs) time. (laughs) I might be shaking from all the coffee I'm drinking, but I'm doing great. Listen, I feel you with the caffeine addiction. I feel you with the, I I brought the entire French press with me for this interview. So, you know, I, 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 I may, I, I may have an issue. I, I may have an issue. Hey, one more thing uh, uh, before uh, before we get into uh, all things Matthew all the time, uh, uh, all yeah. moments. Uh, I understand you just recently went on a Disney Alaska cruise. I have been lucky enough to work two DVC Alaska cruises. I recommend. Now, one of the things about living in Florida is a Caribbean cruise. Uh, they're amazing. And I love going on them. But, you know, you I can go over to the coast and get kind of that Caribbean feel. Alaska yeah. is completely different. What was your experience like and how great was it? Because I just I look I hope this DVC goes back every year and takes me. It was. Not only was it probably the best cruise we've ever been on, but also one of the best vacations we've ever been on. It was it exceeded every single one of our expectations. Um, we didn't really know what to expect going in because same, we've been on many cruises, but they've all been tropical. So like when you're packing for them, you're always packing bathing suits <laughs> and you know what you're getting into. And you know that like at the days at sea, you're going to go up there and fight for a lounge chair early in the morning and get your spot and kind of camp out there all day. We didn't really know what to expect because we were like, days at sea, what are we going to do? We're not going to be out on a lounge chair tanning and reading a book. And it was just like the best trip ever. We had so much fun at all of the ports. Um, It was so beautiful. It's It's stunning. It's It's just stunning. You can't even describe it with a photo because it's so vast. You're just... And you have like 120 feet of space between the ship and the edge of the shore. You're going through these amazing passages with just like these incredible mountains around you and seeing wildlife and having whales jump on the side of the ship. And like, you don't even need to go on an excursion to experience a lot of this stuff. And it was just very cool. And Disney does it right. Like the Disney component of the cruise was just fantastic they did everything right like i don't know how else to say it they they the entertainment the um caliber of service it was just wonderful 
Yeah, it's always great. I always tell people, a lot of people say they they can't go on a cruise because they'd be out in open water and that it just makes them nervous. And I know far yeah. too many people that way, frankly. And I always tell them, take Alaska because you're doing the inner yep. passage. You can always see land. Always. Uh, you can generally, uh, you know, not not going to have the issues that you might have on the open water if you're afraid of those sort of things. So great. Okay. I am an advocate. Michael and I advocate Alaska cruises, everyone. The Disney Thank Alaska you. cruise. Do it. Yeah, Do I'm going to look it up, but we have the little ones. So I don't know if they're too little for alaska yet like how cold was it like was it cold it was not no No. i mean i mean i know that's dependent on obviously a lot of this (laughs) well and we went at the very beginning of the season we went mid-may and it runs from may to september so like right now the people who are going it's significantly warmer for them and it was not very cold for us like we were we were very happy and content and it was I don't know, maybe like 50 degrees most of the time, which isn't terrible. It wasn't, I also live in Chicago. So for me, I was like in shorts and flip-flops and a sweatshirt and people were like, you're nuts. But well, I will say I went later in the season the first time and it was probably in the high 40s, like early in the morning when you went in out on the deck with the fog. I go with a cup of coffee. But I mean, it's not it's not anything, uh, Carissa, that a light jacket and uh, a sweater won't take care of. You don't you don't get that, yeah. you know, Chicago and December type of weather up there on, on the on the yeah. cruise. So we'll, we'll look at it. We have a 20 percent off from our first cruise because we had. um issues and then, so then you can add yes, that with the, yeah you can add that with the 10% so theoretically we have 30% off a cruise so I'm trying to decide do I use that save for, it for like, a big one like yeah, you need so to for, save that 30% for like a really good well, Alaska good. might you know yeah. Alaska. And, but Michael yeah. does make a good point you do have to pack more for an Alaska cruise because you could go anywhere from that you're in a bathing suit and a t-shirt because yes. it can get into the high eighties and, yeah. and then you could have the morning where it's 48 degrees. So you do have to pack a little more Carissa. So that well, we're uh, going to Lake Tahoe on Friday and it's similar 30 degrees in the morning and then like 70, 80. So I, I'm always, I love like, that all the seasons in one day. How can you can't ask dude, for any more than really? that? I can. It's year, 30. It's a full year. In children. <laughs> you love Christmas. Just play Christmas music for God's hey, sake. We Jesus have been music is- in August. Christmas in July on Hallmark and I have been having it on. So yes, thank you. All right. I do. We're going to wrap soon, but I want to talk about uh, the elephant in the room. It's not really an elephant. It is a glowing ball of love and joy. And its name is Matthew. Um, I would love to know how you met Matthew and if it was love at first sight, like it was for me. <laughs> yes. Um, Matthew and I met in December of 2012 about six months after we both graduated from college, while we were living in New York City, we met on JDate, which is a Jewish dating website that I don't even know if it's still in existence because everyone's swiping on apps these days. But for (laughs) us, it was like a good old fashioned dating website. And he had bought the special for Black Friday I had bought the special for Hanukkah because we're both cheap Jews and we, um, I don't know if I can say that. You can, you can, we can't say that. Right. You can say that. Yeah, I guess I can. (laughs) Um, but we both bought some type of special. We both, uh, we were each other's first date on J-Day. We like didn't use it to date anyone else. And it was love at first sight. We, chatted at 
a little wine bar in the West Village for like four hours. Um, and then we saw each other again the next day. And then he moved in with me kind of by mistake, like a month later. Because by mistake. Well, we were both living in studio apartments in New York, and he lived in a dump, and I lived in like a beautiful apartment. Um, at the time I was working at JP Morgan, I was like living on wall street in New York, Yet, but still cheap, still not wanting to pay for full price J date. Correct. Yeah, for sure. I, I, to this day, never want to pay full price for anything ever. Um, coupons smart people don't shop retail. Smart, smart people don't pay retail. Let's just yeah. say it. Come on people. Coupons By the way, use Rakuten. We'll talk. <laughs> oh, uh, listen, I'm a racketing lover. Um, but yeah, he he lived in like this kind of dumpy apartment in Hell's Kitchen where if you were to put a ball on the floor, it would roll down the side of his apartment because it was not even round. And he had this one pipe in the apartment that would just radiate heat and he had no control over that. So it was just always hot in there. So he would come sleep over at my place more often. And then after like a couple months, I he just moved in. And then he got the really good end of the deal because I didn't like charge him rent to live with me, but he subletted his apartment out. So he was like living for free in Manhattan. Um Anyway, so that's how we met. We have been together for almost 11 years now. We got engaged Memorial Day weekend of 2014. I proposed in front of Cinderella Castle in Orlando. Um, I was a ball of nerves. It was like the middle of the day. We had just driven there. It was I had like three different game plans of how I would do it. And the first one was that I had a reservation for us at the Plaza um, in the magic kingdom. And like at the end of the meal, I was going to get down on my knee and pop the question. And it was going to be like outdoors. And we got there for our reservation and there were all these big green walls up around the restaurant because it was under construction and like, you couldn't see the castle. And we ended up at a table near the kitchen inside and it was like super not romantic and anyway um he said yes eventually uh after i proposed outdoors in front of the castle and then a bird pooped on him like three minutes later in Frontierland. um i have a photo of it of him just a magical bird but a it was bird. a magical bird and that <laughs> is supposed to be good luck so yay um and then, yeah, we got married the next year in Connecticut because we were living in New York City and we were like, it's too expensive to get married in New York. We don't want to get married in New Jersey because we just didn't. Um, so we picked Connecticut because it was nearby. And at the time when we were engaged but not married yet, it actually was not legal to get married if you were gay in a whole bunch of states still. Um, so people are always like, why didn't you get married in Florida at Disney World? And I'm like, well, <laughs> I couldn't. Um, so we got married in Connecticut. And then, yeah, we've been married for almost eight years. And that's crazy. 
That's awesome. Well, congratulations. We, we, we all love Matthew, yes. uh, partic- particularly Carissa, Matthew. who's very, very um, sorry that he's not there to say uh, hello to. Uh, I Michael's- one, of my favorite, one of my favorite photos from Run Disney ever will always be when Carissa jumped over the fence at the finish line and finished the race with us holding our hands. And I love that picture. There, you are one of here. just a few people that I've done that with. My mom. Weston, you and Joey Fatone. I yep. embarrassingly <laughs> finished with Joey Fatone. <laughs> I don't know. thing came over me. It's so awkward. I'm like, my little microphone. Yeah. Um, I used to work with Joey Fatone, though. We'll talk. We yeah. used to work with him at the Graveyard Review at Universal. So anyway, Michael, thank you so much for spending some time with us. This has been really, really great. As we mentioned, you have uh, about 100 times more followers than I do on uh, on. Uh, on your Instagram. If people want to reach out to you, people want to follow you, uh, what's your handle? Where do they go? Yeah. On Instagram and only Instagram. I don't have a TikTok or YouTube or any of these other newfangled things. Um, just Instagram. Michael does Diz, D-I-Z. And uh, feel free to shoot me a message. I am pretty good about answering them. So thank you. Thank you. Awesome. All right, Thank Michael. you, Michael. Yeah. We'll see you soon at a race. And uh... yes. Can't wait to watch all of your journeys on your Instagram, which is, you know, you're one of my top people every morning. I got to, I got to see what you're doing. So thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. This has been wonderful. Thank you for chatting with me today. And say hi to Matthew. I will. For me too. I will. (laughs) All right, Michael. Thank Thank you so much. You are so welcome. Oh, that was so much fun. Thank you again, Michael. That was amazing. Make sure you're following him on Instagram and we will be following him and Matthew uh, at the start line when we get there in November. All right. All right, athletes. Here's the drill. Time to shape up your diet. Carissa, give them the goods. All right. Thank you, Sarge. It's time for our healthier you moment. And today we're going to talk about something that I get a lot of questions about. And there's a lot of emerging research about, which is intermittent fasting. So that's basically alternating periods of eating or having different time windows where you you do or you don't eat. So the main one is what we'd call time-restricted feeding, where you would maybe eat for uh, eight hours and fast for 16 hours. Um, you can alternate that. I recommend everybody does a 12-hour overnight fast uh, called a circadian fast. That's time-restricted fasted, and other people do things called alternate day fasting, where they fast every other day. Um, so they'll have a normal eating day and then a very um, limited, maybe 500-calorie uh, meal or 500-calorie limit on the other days. I think that's a little bit harder. I like time-restricted feeding better. It still allows you to get enough nutrients, enough food. Um, but there's benefits to intermittent fasting that again, it's emerging. We're still learning more about this, but one of them is enhanced weight management, because if you're limiting how much time you can eat during the day, for most people, they're eating less. And that's why I like the 12 hour fast, because I think it goes down to that. Well, I'm going to have this snack at night that I don't need the bowl of ice cream, the bag of chips or whatever, but I'm in my fasting window. So you weren't hungry. You weren't missing a meal. You're just kind of adjusting behavior that supports weight loss. Um, but really restricting that eating window encourages the body to tap into fat for energy and then also eventually lead to fat burning. Um, there's also research that supports that it helps with insulin sensitivity. So that can help reduce your risk of type two diabetes. If you have type two diabetes that can maybe bring you out of it because it helps regulate blood sugar levels. So that's an important reason for it. Um, people also say research for brain health, mental clarity, 
because fasting gives your digestive system a break and allows your body to focus on other essential things that it needs to do. Uh, the way I say it to people is every time we're eating, digestive is an important process that happens first. Our body can't do other things. So when we stop that digestion, when we give ourselves enough time in between meals or create that fasting window, we allow our body to sort of do other things like clean up damaged cells or focus on things like that, you know, kind of fighting those free radicals, which we want. So fasting helps that. Um, There's also ideas that it helps promote longevity and that it's convenient because if you're eating less, you have to eat in that certain time window. Maybe you're eating less meals. So for some, it finds itself being convenient. So I am a fan of intermittent fasting for some. The only major conflicting research I've seen is possibly women in menopause um, because of all the hormonal changes that maybe that's not something that they need to do or that needs more research. Um, And obviously, if you have any other health conditions, you don't want to try this without talking to your doctor as well. But um, I do definitely support the 12-hour fast, even up to 14, 16. I think a lot of people can do that. Even athletes can do that. Um, You just want to make sure that you know if you're doing those longer runs, that you're getting in enough calories. But those are things we talk about on Healthier You. Uh, like I've said before, it's a 12-week course designed to give you nutrition education that a lot of people do find they lose weight or they have more energy. We have monthly chats with me, so you can ask me all these questions. Fasting is always a question I get. Um, and then you have access to emails and support from the other people in the group. So if you want to join, go to gallowaycourse.com and use the code SUMMER to save. Yeah, I think it's really interesting because you bring up a good point reading uh, recently as as I, I read a lot about nutrition and stuff, despite the fact that I very infrequently follow my own uh, the, the stuff that I learn. But I think it's really, really interesting because uh, I, it was a great article and might have been men's health and fitness or something about, you know, we have this construct of we eat breakfast at this time, we eat lunch at this time and we eat dinner at this time. And there are a lot of doctors who are also saying you don't don't fall into that trap. You your body will let you know when you need nutrition so that just, you know, to your point, sometimes we're eating lunch for sport because it's like, oh, it's it's one o'clock. I better have a sandwich or something. So it, interesting fasting, I more conversation about that every single day. And I have done it on my own in the past. I've done a, a full fast for um, uh, 48 hours and then limited calories for a bit. And I tell you, the first time they open up your you can eat whatever you want thing, uh, it is, uh, I will tell people right now, it, it's, it's a feeling unlike anything I've ever had before because I felt crusty. I felt, uh, like, holy crap, I I'm, I'm never going to get through this. And then when I was actually able to intake some protein and, uh, and eat a ba- nice balanced meal, it, it was a great feeling. So I may be adding that in now that, uh, apparently I've committed to a 10 K at some point. So Perfect. good, good it. stuff, Carissa, yeah. good Thanks. stuff. Athletes, listen up. It's mail call time. Announcer free, present. All right, Sarge. Thank you so much. We do have a question. This is from, by the way, my favorite handle so far, Carissa. My poor unfortunate souls, S-O-L-E-S, asks this question. If we see you out and about in public, are you okay with coming up to us and saying hi? John, are you going to answer first or am I going to answer first? I, I, you know, I will allow you to answer first. No, allow you for gosh sakes. You, you can. I think people know that your your answer. I love saying hi to people. I love learning more about them. When we did the watermelon run, we saw a couple of great run Disney runners there. Uh, there was Mary. There was Nikki, I believe, and they were saying they were getting into their 
longer runs. Dopey training was underway. So it's always great to stop and chat for a moment. So, you know, yes, definitely say hi. And just kind of like Michael said, send me a message on Instagram. I'm pretty good about answering Instagram messages. Facebook ones, not so good. Those just (laughs) don't, you know, but uh, yeah, I like, I like to say hi to people. John, do you like people? I have for years said that I that I don't care for people. I've narrowed down the people I don't care for more. I I, no, I really do enjoy it when people come up and talk to me. Uh, I know uh, I have that reputation of being somewhat grumpy and and things. Uh, and and all bets are off if you catch me at the beginning of a morning at, at, at Run Disney because as Carissa knows, without the right intake of caffeine and everything, it it, it can be a, a, a little punchy. But I, I do love people coming up to talk to me. Recently, I, I think I mentioned this to you, Carissa. Uh, a, a, a flight attendant on a flight who was a run Disney veteran is like, are you John Pelkey? Which is really kind of cool. Cause then the rest of the plane thought who, who's John Pelkey. Uh, and it was a plane with no first class. So I just kidded myself that they were thinking, Oh, he would be up in first class. If, if, if we only had that, it was yeah. a jet blue flight. Um, and uh, I, it, when I do uh, other races, you know, I always run, I'm sure you run into this two people uh, saying, Hey, or I've see you at run Disney. So yes, I love talking to people. I, and I apologize in advance. If once you've introduced yourself to me and I see you again, I don't remember your name because we stand up there and say our names a lot and it's all over the place. And, uh, and I am a man of a certain age and in an age we're not going to talk about at this point, uh, having just celebrated the final birthday in my fifties. Um, I would love to talk to you. Uh, don't feel bad if I can't remember your name. If it's the second or third time, I will do my best. But uh, yeah, we want to hear. Uh, we want to hear what you have to say. And feel free if you have concerns about the Run Disney stuff. As as Carissa says, we're not really at the top of the information highway of that for that stuff. But but we'll pass that information along. Hey, listen, I I, I follow on uh, Run Disney sign up days. I follow on social media to see what's happening. I want to clue myself in because I know that is a uh, those are stressful days for a lot of folks. So, yeah. so yeah, yes, we're please. here. Say hi. And then, yeah. And if we don't forget your name or we call you by your Instagram name, um, you know, because you see Instagram names and then yeah. you see somebody in person like I don't know what my poor, unfortunate souls. That's I don't know what their name is. I just know, you know, them that way. So, yeah. Good chat. Uh, thank you so much to Michael for being here today. Uh, what a really huge Disney fan. And I love that he's embraced run Disney with him and Matthew and then helping other people with their sobriety uh, through running and through just, you know, support from others and advocating for more non-alcoholic versions there. So thank you guys for listening. If you like the podcast, please share it. Please tell your friends, subscribe, like, and we'll be back uh, soon with another great episode. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.